Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. You can find this podcast, the article I'm going to be sharing with you, and thousands of other pieces of Christian resources on our website, rickthomas.net. Go there. We have videos, long videos, short videos. We have long and short articles, long and short podcast infographics, mind maps, charts, and forms, and, and a forum where you can ask any question that you want to ask that pertains to life and godliness, and we would be more than happy to serve you. We are at Sanctification Center, shoved up in cyberspace, where people from all over the globe come every day asking questions, looking at our resources, finding answers for the challenging, difficult things that they're going through. And with that in mind, I want to share this podcast with you, one of the more challenging things that you'll ever go through. I pray to God you'll never go through this. Many of you have. Some of you will. Some of you are in the middle of it now. I'm talking about divorce. It is the unmentionable. It's the thing that we don't want to talk about, but because of the powerful nature of sin, it is something that happens, and it's something that we need to talk about. You know somebody who is divorced or going through a divorce. We all do because it's pandemic. It's been that way for a long time, and we don't skirt around issues here with our ministry. We talk about all things, and I'm not going to give you an exhaustive treatment of divorce. That would be impossible in a podcast. I just want to talk about one idea of a multifaceted problem with scores of angles attached to it. The title of this podcast is How to Divorce Well. How to Divorce Well. Divorce is an awful experience. It is one of the most dreadful events a person could ever have, especially if the person going through the divorce doesn't want it and they are unsure how to proceed. And because it's something that we don't talk about, when it happens to you, there is no game plan. There's no map. There's no path forward. And so I hope that this will help to serve those folks who are in the unfortunate place where they have to go through a divorce. I am sorry that we have to talk about this, but it is imperative that we do because it's a part of all of our lives. Sadly, Adam ever liveth. And until Jesus comes to reverse the curse, there will be things like this. And Christians of all people in the world, we should be the ones talking about it because we are the ones with the answers. Did you know every year we reach hundreds of thousands of lives globally? This year, we will reach over one million individuals with the practical gospel of Jesus Christ. We will help these people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. Through the written resources, audio broadcast, equipping videos, and interactive forums, the Lord is impacting lives through this ministry. Will you partner with us to help continue this fantastic gospel adventure. 
You may donate or become a supporting member of our community by going to our website. For as little as $5 each month, you can provide practical tools for hurting souls. If you are a local church, I appeal to you. Will you support our missional endeavors around the world? Whatever you can give to help this ministry will change many lives. Thank you. If you want to read this article, go to rickthomas.net, N-E-T. You can type in the word divorce and it will come up. Type into the search box or how to divorce well and you will get it. You can read this article. You can send it to a friend. I would encourage you to do that. I have other articles embedded here that will also serve you. You can read for days on this subject of divorce and marriage from our website. We have so many resources that will serve you well. Let's get into it. Divorce is the radical and sinful separation of two people who married for life. There is a mystical, spiritual, and physical cutting away of the one flesh union. And no matter where the separated people go post-divorce, they will always, in some way, be reminded of the amputation of their union. It's almost like a phantom pain as they reach down to scratch an itch that doesn't exist. Part of their flesh will be floating out in society somewhere, their former marriage partner. It is a mystical thing. It is spiritual. It is a cutting away of the one flesh union. In Genesis 5-2, it says, male and female, he created them, God created them, and he blessed them, and he named them man when they were created. When a man and a woman come together to become one flesh, they are no longer two separate people. When the Lord summarized his early work in the garden, he called them by one name, Adam, or man. They were meant to be that way forever. Marriage is two individuals creating an autonomous domestic empire. Then sin happened for the first couple. That event forever changed the possibilities of their relationship. It was now plausible for them to be separated, and it occurs in two ways, and both of those ways are painful. One is death, as we read in Romans 5.12, just as sin came upon the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. And the other way for this radical separation between a man and a woman is divorce. As we read in Matthew 9, 8, Jesus said, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Now, neither one of these are right, but because of our inherited sinful natures, We have no other choice for how we separate from each other within a marriage. Now, I trust that for 
the majority of us, the way that we will separate from our spouses will be through death. I pray to God that this other option that is available to people, and unfortunately people take it for all kinds of reasons, I pray that it doesn't happen to you. Now this podcast is about the permanent separation that divorce brings between spouses. Just like death, it is essential to know how to divorce well. If you are unfamiliar with how to divorce well, it could take years, even decades to recover. Now, I want you to listen to me. I am not making a case for divorce. I am not suggesting that you get a divorce. I do not know your situation. I have no clue what you are going through. I am not saying you should get a divorce. I'm not making a case for divorce. I'm just stating the obvious here about the dividing nature of sin. It happens, and it may happen to you. You may hate divorce the way God hates divorce. You may despise it, disdain it with every fiber of your being, but that does not mean that it won't happen to you. And that is why we Christians must talk about this sad subject, because it is true If you are unfamiliar with how to to divorce well, if you do not know how to divorce well, or if you do not know how to walk somebody through a divorce, it could take years and even decades for them to recover. And so listen to my caveat. I'm not saying you should get a divorce. I am saying you need to be wise and you need to know how to care for yourself if it ever happens to you if you have to walk someone through it. I have counseled scores of individuals who have gone through unwanted divorces. Most of them were Christians, nearly all of them. And nearly all of them wanted to divorce well, but they were unclear on how to do it, thinking they may compromise their Christian beliefs because it's something that they have never thought about, and then they find themselves in the throes of a divorce, and they don't know how to think about it. They don't know what they're doing. How should they respond? Now, let me reclarify. The people that I'm talking about, none of these believers wanted to divorce their spouses. They came to me because they wanted to know what to do. The worst thing in their life has come upon them. And upon realizing they were in divorce litigation, they did not know how to continue the right way. If they had their preferences, they would not be going through divorce proceedings at all. But their spouses did not allow them that option. These Christians almost always are torn between two extremes. And just to put it in simple labels, I'm going to say it this way. Here are the two extremes that a person going through an unwanted divorce will find themselves. One, being nice. Now, there's a narrow definition for being nice, and I'll, I'll talk about that in great detail in a few moments. But they're torn between two extremes, being nice to the spouse who's taking them through a divorce or being mean. Typically, that means an eye for an eye, retaliating with the same meanness that is being leveled against them. They would say things like, I don't want to upset my spouse. I want to honor God. And then they would ask, should I just let my spouse have everything? Should I just go on with my life, just roll over and let him or her do whatever it is they want to do? 
whether it's about finances, whether it's about the children or whatever issue that they're arguing about as they're going through this litigation. And because they framed the argument between being nice and being mean, they were confused on how to think about what was happening to them. The reason these Christians framed the situation as nice or mean was that they wanted to be Christ-like to their mean spouses. Should I just retaliate and be mean like he is, or should I be nice and be Christ-like? They saw their circumstance as either be like the mean spouse or be nice. The big point they were missing was how they needed to frame the argument another way. Rather than thinking about there being only two choices, niceness or meanness, they should have considered a third option, wisdom. Let wisdom be your guide. In Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, Behold, I, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I would not frame the argument as being nice or being mean. Primarily, I would ask God to give me wisdom so I know how to respond properly to all the things that are happening to me. We should always be kind because there is no place for a Christian's response to others to be mean. But if you frame, frame everything as either nice or mean, you could be unwise in how you respond to the divorcing spouse. The issue in view here is a narrow understanding of what the word nice means, because typically when a person talks along the lines of what I'm saying here in this podcast, they have a narrow view of nice. Basically, what that means is, is roll over and let people do whatever whatever in the world they want to do. Too often, a nice Christian will go into a legal battle with an unnice Christian, and the nice Christian will be taken to the cleaners, as they say. For example, the nice Christian will incur a financial debt that takes decades to overcome. I've seen this so many times. Because they wanted to, quote, be nice rather than mean like their divorcing spouse, they roll over to whatever the other person wants. This sort of approach to divorce is not wisdom speaking. It's more like fearfulness or naivete. Let me give you an illustration as far as how you distribute finances in a divorce, it would be better to recalibrate your thinking as to whose funds you are distributing. Who is the owner of your wealth? This is where wisdom helps you. In Deuteronomy 10:14, the Bible says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. And of course, you know Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The redistribution of your wealth during a divorce is the redistribution of God's wealth. You are a money manager for the Lord. That is one of your many job titles, and it is incumbent on you to be wise in how you divide up his possessions you see how different that is? If you go into a divorce, I want, to be, I want to be nice. I don't want to be mean. Therefore, when my spouse does harsh things or makes unrealistic uh, requests of me, 
then I, I don't want to retaliate. I don't want to respond in, in an unkind way. And so you just let them do whatever in the world they want to do. No, well, think about it this way. You want to use wisdom. And what you're talking about is the Lord's money. And you are a money manager from the Lord. Now, this perspective for the Lord, this perspective requires humility and wisdom, though it does not imply you have to be mean. You should be wise and kind. There should not be a vindictive bone in your body, even if you are on the victim side of a divorce. Being nice never means that you are to give a person everything that they want. Sometimes giving a person everything they want is the wrong thing and the last thing you should do. The devil is the one who says you can have anything you want. Our loving Heavenly Father is kind, and he says no to some of our wishes Those two thoughts juxtaposed are not antithetical. Being kind and saying no at the same time can be your best and wisest response. You want to honor the Lord and not compromise any Christian virtue, and you want to make sure you steward the Lord's things appropriately, including his finances. There are generally one or two errors a person will make along these lines. One, a Christian will be mean, selfish, vindictive. Don't go there. Don't do that. And a Christian will roll over and give everything away because they believe it would be wrong to fight over the assets. That would be unwise. You'd be a poor steward of God's resources, and it could take you a long time to get out of that poor decision This predicament is one reason it is imperative for the Christian who does not want a divorce to have a competent and compassionate friend walk with them through the process. It is impossible to realize how subjective and confused you are while going through a divorce. It typically takes an individual about two years after the divorce to come out of the fog of what happened to them. If they do not receive help through this process, they will realize the foolishness of some of their decision-making during their divorce season. They thought they were nice while honoring the Lord. What happened is that their divorcing spouse took them on a ride from which they may spend the next decade recovering. It is imperative that you steward your divorce. Now, I'll again give you that caveat that I gave you a while ago. I'm not making a case for divorce. I don't know you. I'm not saying you should get a divorce. I'm saying that Adam is real. Sin is real. Adam is alive on planet Earth, and bad stuff happens to good people. And so if you find yourself in this situation, you need to know how to steward your divorce. Divorce is a stewardship issue. What you want to do is steward the many responsibilities that are before you during this dark time in your life. One of those stewardship issues is being a humble and courageous money manager for the Lord, as I have been articulating. Another issue is how you steward the Lord's fame. The Lord will lead you down many difficult paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Divorce may be one of those paths of righteousness. It may be one of the most best sanctifying processes that you'll ever go through. These challenging times are your opportunities to put his excellent name on display. It is easy to lose this kind of God-centered focus by over-personalizing an intensely personal thing that is happening to you. I get it. 
I understand. First Samuel 8, 7 says this, And the Lord said to Samuel, quote, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. The individual who is pursuing an unbiblical divorce is ultimately rejecting God. Listen to this. Think about it. They do not want the Lord to rule over them. Now, this truth should stir up pity in your heart as you think about them. Your divorcing spouse isn't ultimately rejecting you. Oh, yes, you are being rejected. And yes, it is painful. It is a pain that you can not articulate accurately. But ultimately, they do not want God to be king over them. They are rejecting the Lord. Your temptation may be meanness, unkindness, vindictiveness, or harshness toward them. If you keep in mind that the primary issue is that the divorcing spouse is not rejecting you primarily, but they are rejecting God, then you will be much better off. Keeping this in view will help you to have more effective Christ-like responses toward them. Anybody who is willing to do what the Bible forbids is ultimately rejecting God's rule over their lives. As the Lord told Samuel, when the sinful Israelites wanted to do it their way, let them have their king. In the case of a divorce, let them have their king because they do not want to follow God. But here's something that you need to know. You will overcome Ask the Lord how you can steward his fame during your divorce. It is God who is fighting for you, and you know it will ultimately turn out well, even though you may believe your adversary is winning the battle at the moment. And that's probably true, or that's how it appears to be. More than likely, you will come out of the skirmish beaten, battered, and bruised. You'll have a hard time holding up your head Your heart will be heavy, and it may seem you will never overcome this experience. Now, in one way, as I said at the beginning, you will never wholly overcome the marital defeat because there's something spiritual, there's something mystical about the marriage union. And when it is radicalized, when it is ended through divorce, you still feel it for a long time afterward. And there will be a scarlet D etched on your chest with a permamarker. But that does not mean that you have lost. In fact, you will find that many Christians will reject you. They will look down on you. They will self-righteously judge you because of what you have gone through. Oh, it's an awful experience. And it never ends 30 years later and you still feel the effects of what happened. Something you never asked for something you wish you would not wish on anyone, including yourself. Giving yourself up to the death of your marriage is a picture of Jesus giving himself up to the death of the cross. His friends could not see beyond their immediate fixation on what they believed was the right thing to do. They could not imagine how the Lord God Almighty could make anything good come from the death of all their dreams. The Messiah was here. And now he is dead. What good could come from such evil? 
Jesus courageously and wisely faced the inevitableness of his death. He submitted himself to something he could not change, which was his father's plan to kill him. Isaiah 53.10, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. Jesus did not like it. It weighed heavy on his soul. In Mark 14, 33 through 34, and he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. Yet he submitted himself to what the father was permitting in his life. You know the rest of the story. The worst thing that could happen was the best thing that could happen. And that is how we think about the irony of the gospel. God's truth will prevail. And if you adhere yourself to his truth, you will be the ultimate victor. No matter how vaunted and mighty your spouse appears during this season of divorce, there will be a day when bitter herbs will consume their soul. You cannot sin against God and ultimately win. Sin always requires its wages. It would be better to put the sin on Christ, but when a person decides that they are going to go through a divorce, regardless of what God's view is on it, there'll be a payday someday for them. You may be in the pit of sorrow today because you were made to go through something you did not want, but it will not always be this way for you. Trust me on this. If you will walk with the Lord What you will see over the next few years is the physical and spiritual decline of your spouse. While you are slowly being renewed and strengthened in proportion to your allegiance to God, you will not only regain your physical and spiritual strength, but you will be in a better place than you were before your divorce. The the reality of the gospel took Jesus to his death but it also brought him out of the grave. He is in a much better place than he was before his death. If you seek to honor the Lord through the death of your marriage, he will give you what you need to rise from that death. What you are seeing and experiencing today is not what you will always experience if you will hold fast to the Lord. The title of this podcast is How to Divorce Well. Here is your call to action. I have a few questions for you to ponder. Number one, when you hear the phrase, steward your divorce, what comes to mind? How do you think about that? What does it mean to steward your divorce? Number two, what are some areas that you are not sure how to steward well? Number three, how do you think about your spouse? Does your heart mostly pity your spouse, or are you more tempted to be angry with him or her? Perhaps you've already gone through a divorce. Perhaps you're looking back on a marriage that used to be. The question still applies. How do you think about your former spouse? Does your heart mostly pity your former spouse, or are you more tempted to be angry with him or her? Question number four, what is your biggest fear as you think about going through a divorce? 
And then how does it control your mind? How does it control your actions? Number five, what are your temptations? How are you responding to them? Are you talking to someone about your struggles? Are you being completely honest about what is going on in your life right now? Now, perhaps you don't have anyone that you can talk to, and if you don't, then I appeal to you to come to us and and let's talk. We can talk to you intelligently, compassionately, and more importantly, biblically about what you're going through. We can help you walk through the steps. We can't change your divorce. We can't change someone who is determined to not let God rule over them. That we cannot change. I so, I so wish that we could, but that is not a possibility. But we can walk with you if you would allow us to do that. It would be our privilege. It would be our joy. Let us know. You can go to our public forums if you're not a supporting member of our ministry, and you can ask any question that you want. There's no charge. There's no cost for this. We have people who underwrite our ministry. They graciously give to us, and we're so thankful for them. And it's because of them that we can interact with so many people. As I was saying earlier, hundreds of thousands of people come to us every year looking for help. Some of them feed themselves as they feast upon our, in our sanctification center. Others need specific questions answered, and that's why we have our forums. So let us know how we can serve you, and it would be our privilege, our joy to do that. Go get this article on our website, How to Divorce Well. Read it carefully, and then after you read it, come to our ministry, ask your questions, and we will help you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I pray that you have a blessed day. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.